Welcome to a very special edition of Major Nelson Radio. Yes! Not, not on Major Nelson Radio. Yeah, what? Okay. what? Unless you want, yeah, I'll give you the file. <laughs> you like. I, can, I don't even have enough time to get my own show up for Pete's sakes. <laughs> That's why I'm here. Uh, I'm Steve from Survivor. I'm joined with Ben from Survivor. And S also... Steve, Ben, and Larry. I'm Larry Herb, Xbox Live's Major Nelson. Nice to thank you guys for having me over here. Thank you for being here at PAX Australia in Melbourne. Yes. Actually on a sunny day. Yes. I know you, you don't talk about the weather straight away, but we are. It's been really bad as of late it's been raining and raining and raining i guess this like is, seattle this is raining so. this is beautiful well, this is the first day it's not raining so. yeah well i would be pretty upset if i came down here from seattle and it started raining because seattle is the rainy capital of the world we t we've turned it up for you today thank you but and also from what i've uh, seen on your twitter feed we you know gave you australia right in the face where'd you, you see that away. on your twitter feed i when was you, I, when I, you woke I, up. I, if you missed it i checked into my hotel and you know, the first thing you do, you put your bags down, and you're like, okay, what's going on here? And then you open the drapes to see what's the view like. And right smack dab on the glass was this massive spider. And, you know, of course, that's the joke outside of Australia. They would go to Australia, everything wants to kill you. That is true. And apparently it's true. Wow. Did you see the picture? I did, and I hate to tell you that's a pretty small spider. That's what, I, that's <laughs> what a lot of people have told. And that one yeah. was also dead. Oh. I mean, it was many floors up, but it was also dead. Because it's still there. Two days later, it's mm -hmm. still there. But, uh, no, I, I've never actually run into a, a problem in knock-on metal yes. table in Australia. It's still probably a poisonous spider. A dead poisonous spider. But, right. Yeah. But it's dead and it's on the other side of the glass. If you open up your uh, bathtub, if you, know, you pull the curtain back and there's a snake in there, I would just run, basically. Uh, yeah, snakes, no bueno. The snakes are worse. So, so, yeah, if I do run, it will be directly to the airport on a flight out of here. Fair enough. Um, but here we are. Here we, here we are. Uh, have you had a chance to see any bit of Melbourne apart from the convention? Center? No, and I haven't. And one of the reasons is um, when, when the PAX folks asked me to come down to do the keynote story time for PAX Australia, um, my wife, who works in the entertainment industry, this is one of her favorite places in the world. And I said, honey, I'll go do it if you come with me. Well, about a month ago, she had to cancel. So I said, all right, well, if you can't go, I'll just work the whole time. And then when we go back, we'll go look at the... Because she, she has some really nice places she wants to go take me to. So Nice. So I'm, I'm all about work this time, and that's why we're here. Well, and technically, you've just had a virtual tour of Australia anyway. Right. I have. You've been playing Forza. So. I'm playing Forza. Beautiful Forza. The, the Total Apostles are... Okay, they're like two hours from here. Are they? Yeah, they're probably a little bit... Is it as beautiful in person as, as the game? Even better, I'd say. Really? But the game does a great job of capturing it. Yeah, I was I was more surprised by the skies. Like at E3 when they talked about capturing the skies and how it's going to be legitimate, I was like, that can't be a thing. That won't make a difference. But it does. When you play, you're like, yeah. that's an Australian sky. Yeah. What makes it an Australian I, sky? I can't tell you. you. Can't, but you know, but when you look at it and you see it in a game, you're like, that is. I've seen that sky before. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. That was twelve seventy. <laughs> yeah. Seventy two. That's, that's all the time. Watch it. Yeah. It, no. It's it's it's. I didn't know that. I didn't know that it was that was twelve apostles was so close. Yeah. I'm very good at geography, and I, I feel very... I'm embarrassed now. You've embarrassed me. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. The, the, the good thing about the game is that you uh, can drive on the beach beside the Apostles, and I think if you tried that in real life, I don't the, think... The authorities yeah, would be involved. The Victorian yeah. government would be kind of... The same way as when I go tearing through their people's front lawns and their garbage cans are going flying. Exactly, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. You might dent your Lamborghini. Yes. You don't necessarily want to do that. <laughs> no, no, no. We were. I was talking with um, Playground Green... Playground Games, uh, Ben Penrose, who's the art director. Yep. And 
he was so distracted for about 15 minutes we couldn't figure out why and he couldn't figure out why and he kept looking just past my shoulder out the window at like a Telstra which is our major telco right. like a phone box right. basically and it took him 15 minutes to realize he was so fixated on that because he'd spent like six hours just modeling the, the phone booth. Phone booth. Did he, he get it right? He, he seems to think he did, and I've seen it in the game. And, and you're I think okay with it? It's spot on. Meanwhile, 99% of the people in the world are, are flying by at 100 miles an hour, <laughs> right? Or yeah. through it. <laughs> so, oh well. Nice. Um, so I know that you're obviously you, you helped me set up the uh, the mic for this already. <laughs> so I know that you're an audio guy. I know that you're also like a big travel guy. Yeah, probably out of necessity. Yeah, more so than uh, perhaps an enjoyment. Um, what's your latest kind of setup? You know, travel routers. Do you bring any? Yeah, I've got a, consoles with you. Uh, you know, so I I used to travel with consoles all the time, but what I found out was I don't need to. I can go like we've got a bunch of the booth here if I want to go play. Um, so I don't really do that, but I mean, I do have a travel router. I've got, I, I have a D-Link, this is a DL510, which is the only um, five gigahertz travel router. So I use that uh, because mostly the, when I go to a hotel, most of the 2.4 is, is saturated. So one of the two things I always ask for is um, I want a room that's far away from the, air, from the elevator for obvious reasons, but I want to have a room that has a wired internet. Because once I set up my own hotspot, I don't have to deal with any of the 2.4 gigahertz stuff. So I travel with that. Um, there's a lot of little things. One of the one of the weirdest things I do, and this actually I've never never talked about this before, is I have a you know I use OneNote to keep a bunch of notes, and whenever I travel, uh, I keep very meticulous notes on the hotel I'm in, the room I'm in, and then specific data points about the room and the floor. So, in other words, is it am I facing the bay? Am I facing a highway? Is it up high? Is my near the am I near the elevator? Hopefully not. But one of the key elements in my in my notes when I review the rooms is water pressure. Yeah, that would be important. So water for some reason water water I have to have good water pressure. So anyway, so I keep a lot of notes and whatnot. So there you go. Does I, that fix jet lag? Water pressure? Does that help you? No, I just I, you know what maybe it does. I have the I, I fortunately jet lag is in this particular trip as you know coming from the North America it's it's harsh it's real. <laughs> um, and I've been here for a few days now, and I'm still not over it. And one of the things I did when I first got here on, I think it was Wednesday, is I went and sat outside because the thing is to get suck up the vitamin D from the sun to that, uh, that wonderful Australian sky, and, uh, and it'll help you through it. Not too long, though, because then no ozone layer. Yeah. Take cancer warnings and yeah, stuff. Yeah, you go right to burn. Pretty much. You have, you have good jet lag tips, don't you? I, well, my system is just stay up until 10 p.m. no yep. matter where you are. And right. It will kind of get you back on the time zone. Yep. But I think it's much worse going Australia to U.S. because you leave here and you get to the States before you left Australia Precisely. on the same day. Right. And it's like 6 a.m. So like it's, world's, lo it's world's longest day. Yeah. <laughs> and then you rock up to immigration and like, why are you here, sir? Oh, I don't know. Yeah. Where am I? What day is it? Right. Well, you know, I had that. It's funny you talk about immigration. I had that problem coming into Australia. Oh, really? I didn't realize you needed a visa. I didn't know that either. I thought it just automatically happened or something. No, it doesn't. And that, so I was, I go to check into the airport and they wouldn't check me in because I wasn't in the system because the airlines talk to the government and they know that I had, didn't have a visa. So I was like, I was panicking. I'm like, I've got, I've got to do this keynote. What am I going to do? So he's like, oh, no problem, sir. Just step over here and go to your phone, go to this website. So I did the whole thing on my phone and was instantly approved. And then I realized... If you're instantly approved, it's it's not a visa. It's an admission fee. Yeah. <laughs> okay, let's be very clear. 
sounds like an Esta. Yeah, exactly. So. When I'm dumb, because I have, I have a Canadian passport and an Australian passport, and I always manage to book my tickets on the Australian passport, which means I need to get an Esta. Right. And if I just use the Canadian passport, you I would, could breeze right through. Right. I don't have to do like a thumbprint or anything. I could just go straight through. Nope. Never do, because I'm foolish. That's all right. I may have to get a Canadian passport after the U.S. elections next week. <laughs> so I'll talk about that. <laughs> oh, I, I got to talk with Phil when he came for EB Expo, and like somehow we sort of got onto the election, and you could just kind of see like dark clouds descend yeah, upon the room, and everybody a, got really uncomfortable. It is a weird, you know. It's I'm not certainly going to talk too much about. It. I'll just say it's a very strange time in the United States right now. We'll see what happens. Yeah, uh, here in Australia for PAX, how did the keynote go this morning? Keynote went re very well. I, I, you know, I was nervous. I'm going to be honest with you because when you stare off behind the curtain, you see 2,500 or 3,000 people there. You're like, oh god. Yeah. And once I got out there, and I, I've told stories. I told stories on the stage I've never told publicly before, and I wanted to make sure that it was valuable for the audience. Were you guys there? No, okay. I watched via Twitch. Okay, so it was it was really it was really a lot of fun, and you know, much like anybody anybody will tell you, you get you get the energy from the audience. I could feel they were in the room. So they they enjoyed the stories, and I just I love talking to fans. I just love. Go I wish the Q and A could have gone on for another hour, but it was a lot of fun. I was it was such an honor to be asked. How do you find getting out amongst the fans? Like I know when we speak to developers a lot, they often don't get that much of a chance to mingle with the public, the people playing their games. How do you find that kind of getting to interact, as opposed to media, getting to interact directly with the fans? Oh, I love it. I mean, you know, I interact with fans every single day, you know, socially on you know on Twitter and whatnot. But I love going out because they're all they all they all have a great idea. They all want to talk to you. They all have an opinion on something, and it's great. I mean. What I like to remind people, and I even tell developers that I deal with, is it's, hey, it's it's great that they're interested. You're going to hate it when they're not interested. <laughs> yeah. well, and, and you've been doing this for so long. Yeah. It's the same, it's probably, your role has probably changed a little bit, you know, yeah. in, in the time. Over but the years. You've, you've been doing this through, like, the Kevins from PlayStation, which come and go yeah. and hope, you know, leave a trail of destruction in their wake. Right. We've seen, you know, like uh, uh, Graham Boyd is awesome. I went to PAX. Yeah, I met you a couple. I met you like five or six years ago. Did whenever we? the Halo Fest was at okay. PAX. Okay, at PAX, right? Um, so when Combat Evolved was yep. released, right? And he was Graham was my minder, and we were like the same age, and everybody else yeah. was like YouTubers who were like fifteen. So we right. got along like a house on fire, right? Um, but, you know, like I remember, I've, you know, Graham's awesome. I've been following him for a while. He was kind of not known and then he was the UK's Major Nelson right. and now he's just AC Bongo right like he's, you've seen him kind of come from being in the shadow to right. being his own yeah and Graham is a great I mean he's, he's, I love him he's, he's like a brother to me so it's great to have him uh, on, on the team so I, I love working with him but yeah it's, it's uh, you know it's funny you say that about the YouTubers you're right you're like what are they? these guys are 15 years old they don't even know what's going on right <laughs> it's weird and that, like you, you're embracing YouTube just as much as, as yeah. Graham is. I still, I don't, I don't get it. I'll shake my cane. At, yeah, at get off my lawn. <laughs> well, pretty much. Yeah, it's um, you know, I I, try, I just like to try different things. As somebody, I you know, we talked about the fact that I love audio, but I have a background in television production. That's what I am. I'm, I have a degree in it. So when I look at YouTube and the fact that, you know, when I was going to college, talking about shaking cane, when I was in school, learning about that. Learning about television production, we had three-quarter-inch videotape, massive machines, we had editing stuff. Now you're doing it on your phone or your computer, a higher quality. So it's, it's amazing to me, the technology, how it's just gone at breakneck speed in the past 25 years. The past quarter of a century is extraordinary. Mm. Um, 
But yeah, it's it's uh, anyway. Where were we? I don't even know. It, like you, Microsoft is the only publisher that I think is doing. You know, you've you're you've always been a social media presence. Yeah. Before social media was really considered. That right. Nintendo doesn't really. Sony doesn't really. Yeah. Well, it's all it's a different ethos over there with a the Japanese company. That's what I'm pretty sure it is. And at Microsoft, we we're a technology company, and those other companies are as well. But we're first and foremost a technology company. We want to learn. The only way you can learn is by using your competitor's products and using the products and knowing what's going on. Look, people are going to talk about your products. Do you want to be part of the conversation or not? And I want to be part of the conversation. I want to be able to straighten people out when there's things that are incorrect. It's as simple as that. I feel like I'm talking too much. I'm just looking at Ben now. For the people that can't see me turning and looking at Ben. I think, like, I think hey. Ben has jet lag. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> not this time. He came from Adelaide, so uh, you know, it's yeah, a half not, hour time difference. It's pretty harsh. Let's get on to Xbox for a bit, Please. if we may. If we may. Uh, well, we are talking about travel before, and uh, when I was in the States last month, whenever whenever Gears of War came out, yeah. I thought, how awesome would it be if I had a decent gaming laptop, because I could play Gears of War with me, with Xbox Play Anywhere. Wherever you are. Wherever. And that is actually probably, even though I have yet to purchase said laptop, <laughs> at some point I will. Well, it doesn't matter. You already have the copy of the game. It's yeah, waiting. What are you waiting for? Well, it's right there! <laughs> I think... Well, you were talking about traveling and how you don't take consoles too much anywhere. Right. Is that one of the reasons you think people would potentially use that as a service? Because when you're traveling, when you're in a hotel room, it's difficult to bring a console with you. Yeah, it's, it's difficult to bring a console with you because you know you got to hook this thing up to the TV. And they when you're in a hotel, they, they, they get those TVs. You can barely get an input into it. You can't get in there. Right, you just can't. Um, so there's that. And then you got to get on the hotel Wi-Fi if you can at all. So there's, there's so many variables. And it's a little bit easier with a laptop. Um, yeah. So I, I, I think that certainly, you know, more people, gaming PCs are the new sexy. They've been sexy for a while, but now everyone seems to be getting into them, yeah. which is great, right? We love more, more choice. Absolutely. Well, we do have more choice coming up next year with uh, Xbox Scorpio coming out. Yeah. Which um, we're very excited for because we want to be at the forefront of innovation and I need an excuse to buy a 4K TV. I'm sure. So you, so, I, that's, so you don't have a 4K TV yet? Not yet. Okay. Yeah, so I made the mistake of buying one. We bought two in our house about a year and a half ago before HDR hit. Yeah. So now I'm trying to convince my wife to we need two new TVs for HDR and she's basically kicking me out of the house. She's like, no, yeah. absolutely not. That is actually what I saw at the Coalition in September, where they, they had a specific demo for HDR. Right. So explain to us what it is. One side of the screen, regular yeah, Xbox, I've other seen side that one. HDR. Uh, I can't even remember the terms now, but they went through quite thoroughly the difference. A lot of numbers, but you don't really need that. You can kind of just look at the moon and say, that's a good-looking moon. Right. <laughs> it's no Australian sky, <laughs> No. <laughs> but it's a good-looking moon. And it's probably in 4K still. Yeah. So this is the thing I don't get, I guess. I get 4K. I understand what a 4K TV is. You start throwing out HDR, mm -hmm. and I was looking at the, like the PS4 Pro things. They're talking about how they got this kind of scoped anti-alien, like I don't know, all these terms. Yeah. How how is that is that kind of Microsoft's next big challenge ahead of Scorpio, trying to educate people on what all of these fancy new bells and whistles? Well, are? I, I think a little bit of it is because you know I was with you know I've been with Xbox for a long time, like we talked about earlier, and I was there when we launched the Xbox 360. And when that happened, that was a moment in time where there, when the SD to HD transition was taking place. And Xbox, frankly, drove a lot of that for a lot of people because you brought it home and now you can watch play the games in high def. Okay, we got to get a high def TV. And anybody who's seen a standard def versus high def, the, 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 it's obvious 
And to your point, it's less obvious with HDR unless you see the moon. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> it's, it's a little less obvious. So the, there's certainly some challenges around educating people like, hey, this is what 4K, 4K and HDR means and why it looks good and how it's going to help gaming and make your gaming experience better. Sure, that's, there's always an educational aspect there. It certainly seems to be something Microsoft has jumped on in terms of, if you look at past technology, they weren't so much on 3D, whereas Sony was and Nintendo was for 3DS, and then I think that fad kind of came and went. Right. Uh, but they're, they're with HDR at the forefront, so it seems like Microsoft really believes this is where we're going. Yeah, we, you know, I talked to a lot of really smart people at our company, and they're like, yeah, um, HDR is going to be, the, they told me HDR was going to be the next big thing like two years ago, and now you're seeing it, because it's, it's something where when you see an image with HDR, it's, 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 it's noticeable. Um, you yep. know, you see a 4K HDR image, it's like, wow. You know, if you see, you know, a great example, when you get your 4K TV <laughs> and you have your Xbox One S or Scorpio, you know, you, you know, watch like The Martian in 4K HDR. It's breathtaking. Yeah. simply breathtaking. I'm sure. You'll have to get the Blu-ray though because we don't have internet to support 4K the Ultra streaming. HD Blu-ray. Yeah, I actually, I actually really prefer buying the discs. Because I think it looks better anyway. It, it absolutely does, because you're not seeing all the compression that you need to squeeze those bits down on the internet, you know, for a TV show. Yeah. Some, you know, that's fine when you want to watch some stuff on your tablet or something. But when you want to, when you want to watch it on your big, when you're really expensive TV, you kind of want the best picture you can get. So whether you you probably want to download it and play it back, or you know, streaming is it's it's certainly an option. It's quicker, but man, I love this good. If, if you ever decide to leave Xbox and you want a job, the Australian government probably could use someone to try to convince people that like copper wires to their house is copper wires is still great. a good idea. Yeah, it's well, it's you know the pots, the pots lines as we call them in the U.S. Plain old telephone service. Those, it's amazing when you look back. And I have, I, I'm a, you, you, you talk about audio. I actually have a huge t telephone nerd. <laughs> so when you look at what happens and how the industry has done so much with copper, just copper. You know, these, these, these telephone lines that were installed 50, 60, 70 years ago, and now they're doing ISDN, and they're doing, you know, DSL and these other things. Guys, it's time for the next big thing, which most people think is fiber. Yeah, well, that's, that's what I'm hoping for. Um, so you're getting fiber in Australia, is that what I'm trying uh, to Well, I had it briefly. Actually, I had it for two years, and to download, like, a 40-gig Xbox game was, you know, like an hour or two. Right. And then you move back to copper, and it's, well, I'll be playing this tomorrow, hopefully. Yeah. Right, next week. That's yeah. overnight. Yeah. So well, it, was, it was nice for a taste, and you can kind of see that's what we need it for. Yeah, I mean, that's where the, that's where the world needs to go. Yeah. You know, I talked about this earlier, is that, you know, good internet... It's not, it's a quality of life thing. It is, it's digital oxygen. We have to have it for all of our gaming services, for all of our just life. So going back kind of to uh, HDR, and I guess that's one of the big buzz things in the industry right now, but so too is, is VR. And Microsoft's kind of not really engaged in that space, unless we you know, talk about HoloLens, but very recently- Well, that's, and that's AR. That is AR, it's not even, it's not even the same. Um, but I guess HoloLens potentially in the way that the headset tracks. Have you used one? I have. I okay. did the um, the E three demo? demo for Halo. Yeah. Oh, where everything's Halo out on, where we, yeah, with, with everything out on the table. Yes, yeah. it, was very, it was very cool. When when we did the demo, when we did that, I remember testing that out a few months before E three, and I was like, wow. Hopefully you enjoyed it. But oh, I was, it was really good. It blew it's, my mind. And just the freedom of not having so many cables and stuff, yeah. especially compared to like doing PSVR right. of late. It's it's nice, but it's you got really got to like gear up to do it. Yeah, you gotta be in the right Mentally mood, you gotta physically. have the right space. Yes. But so like I guess the newest announcement that we've heard of late uh, is Microsoft's, you know, building HR VR into um, the 
Windows 10 creator update. I know there's not a lot of kind of gaming applications that have been teased or announced at all, but is there anything you can kind of talk about, you know, from a Microsoft standpoint? Well, I mean, if you look at it, we talked, we, I was in New York last week when we announced the, the creator's update, Surface Studio. We announced that, yeah, we did that. Yeah, which looks really, really <laughs> sorry. cool. I just can't remember where we were. Um, and, you know, we, we talked about that we're going to have VR headsets for two ninety nine three nine supported by on Windows. Now, what a lot of people forget is, like, they think about, you know, there's the console gamers and there's the PC gamers. And people come up to me and they'll say, oh, I'm not really a console gamer. I'm a PC gamer. I said, that's great because that's Microsoft's other gaming platform, Windows. And Windows powers a lot of VR experiences right now. And I think when, I think probably you probably talked about this when Phil was down about yeah. about VR. And you know, Phil's given us the edict like, hey, we're gonna we're gonna go after that when it makes sense. You know, so just there hasn't been that killer app yet that said, oh, you, we got to do this. Yeah. Oh, we just ran a story. He, he's thinking it kind of seems like demos and experiments. And that's, right. That's a quote. That was his, I, that I was agree his with. words. Yeah. Have you had a chance to play a lot of the, yeah. the newest kind of stuff? Yeah. So I'll tell you a great example is you know I you know I get to play with all the new tech. I have a massive, I have like a five or six thousand dollar gaming PC at home. I've, I have the HTC Vive, and I did a couple demos. Then I brought my wife in, and we did some demos, and I showed it to her. And said, "What'd you think?" She says, "That's really cool." I said, "All right." And then I pointed at the headset. I said, "That's seven hundred dollars." And then I pointed at the console or the, at the PC. I said, "That's about five thousand dollars." She says, "That's not worth it." So if you think about us as nerds and geeks, we love that stuff, but the average mainstream person, they don't see the value of it yet. And so it's it's a hard sell. It's a hard sell. I know I know you like Batman and being Batman. Yes, I'm Batman. Um, Arkham Knight VR. Is, Arkham VR is ridiculous. Is but it is it phenomenal? That and Star Trek Bridge Crew are the only real VR things I've really liked. Right. Because I love Star Trek and I love Batman, sure. and you get to be Batman. Right. Like, so it wasn't the it wasn't it was the IP. It put you into that world. Yes. Right, which, which, I mean, I'd love a Star Wars one, right? Yeah, well, the, the X-Wing has, like, a 50-word yeah, uh, title. I don't know right. what it's called. The Mission for Battlefront. Yes. But again, yes. those, are, those are demos VR with an Precisely, game. precisely. And that's to getting back to Phil's point of, of, of demos and experiments. Uh, and, and with Batman, it's amazing, but you're still standing there being Batman. You can't really... You're Batman, you can move your arms a little bit. Right. You can look to the sides. Right. So you're feeling like Batman. You're kind of but, yeah, plastic I, Batman. I want to feel like... Actually feel like Right. Batman. Anyway, um, so we have we have AC Bongos, we have Major Nelson. Yes, I, I know there are a lot of people that would love to have your job in like the Asia Pacific Australia region. Yeah. So either we could talk about that happening, or we could talk about you know yeah, some yeah. of the more boring aspects of your job, which I'm sure there are many. So like, which way do you want to go with that? Do you want to try to dissuade people? By Why do I need to have a choice? You can do both if you want. I mean, I, no, I mean uh, we. Fortunately, I work at, at Xbox in Seattle, and being on in the product team is a tremendous, uh, tremendous gift, and it's an opportunity to work with our software developers that are there. I mean, I go sit with them in their offices, and, we, and I give them ideas. How about this? Because, you know, I bring something to the table that they might not be aware of, and vice versa. I love taking left brain and right brain people and putting them together, because especially in the gaming industry, you need to have both. You can be world's best coder, but if you don't know how to tell a story, then you're not probably gonna have a good video game, and vice versa, right? You yeah. be you could be a you could be a great storyteller, but if you know somebody can code it up, it doesn't really matter. So, um, so you know, I would love to have somebody that does my job uh, in in Asia, but you know, I'm doing it. <laughs> Global <It> makes sense. <laughs> it does. I thought I was gonna talk over you. Um, go ahead. No, I don't want to cut you off. No, I'm good. I've been talking too much. 
Okay. You're really the star, and you're no. equally as star as everyone I'm else here. Star, thank finally, you. are the star. Finally, to admit it. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, so something that intrigued me at E3 was Xbox Design Lab, which we don't have yet in Australia. Right. But I'm just wondering, how's that going? What's the uptake been? It's been really well, really good. I mean, we announced it at E3, and we were stunned at, frankly, that. that the pickup, and I know that they want to bring it to Australia, but whenever you roll out a global customized product, there's a lot of yeah. lot of things. I mean, the fact that we're able to, you can go online and build this thing custom and have it delivered to your door in you know five to six weeks, sometimes even less. That's unbelievable. So scaling it out um, globally is a challenge. I know they want to do it, but we got to figure out how to do it. Yeah, that makes sense. Because we don't want it to be like three times as expensive in Australia. Like everything else. We don't want that either. Right? Nobody <laughs> wants that. It's so very easy to switch the uh, website to the U.S., though, and design about seven controllers. And right. And hover over, like, the, the buy now button. Right. And, and customize it and whatnot and do all that stuff. Yeah. I, I, I almost bought something and sent it to Com Gateway to mail it to Australia, but that was, like, I think, $150 oh extra than oh. the conversion and everything wow. else. So, Ow. Yeah. Like you were saying, that kind of, like, that's a slap of reality that stops you from uh, yeah. engaging pretty quickly. Yeah, we, but we love the design lab. And um, Have you had a chance to play with it? Yeah, I played around with the idea that I never considered buying any because of that reason. <laughs> right. Uh, well, actually, no, we did. We did discuss when we were in America last time, potentially we could get it shipped to our hotel that works out the timing. But then, right. that's madness. Yeah, you that's that's, that that's scary. Right? It's yeah. <laughs> it's there's so many there's so many points of failure. I know. Right? There's too many people involved. <laughs> too, too much going Including on. Including me just forgetting that I've done that. And right. Then leave. But yeah. <laughs> My what? Yeah, hopefully it ends up global if, if possible. Yeah. Um, the other thing that seemed pretty big at E3 was in the Xbox uh, future update briefing, whatever it was called, was uh, more social features, like looking for group. Mm -hmm. uh, and it seems to be Xbox Live, there's always seems to be a social platform, but it's trying to become easier to meet up with people who wanted to do what you want to do, which is probably the hardest thing when you're trying to play online. You want to play this campaign mission, no one's available, you ask your friends, they say, I've done that already. Yeah. Well, I'm busy on Tuesday night. Right. Well, that, and that's where we're actually testing a lot of these features. They'll be shipping very soon, broadly to everybody. LFG, looking for group. Clubs is another one. is huge. And those two features have tested very, very, very well. And have you had a chance to play with them yet? Yeah, I played around a bit. Okay. Uh, in the preview program. Yeah, okay, so yeah, you've seen yeah. So yeah, we're really happy with them, and we just want to, you're right. You know, Xbox Live is a history of bringing gamers together, and we wanted to use, come up with some tools that solves those problems. I talked about this in my uh, in my um, keynote this morning about you know asking what problem you're trying to solve and the team has said well, the problem we're trying to solve is exactly what you described is like I want to go after this achievement or do this thing my friends can't do it how can I let everybody know? Well it's, it's LFG. I think something that maybe it's one of those things that like you can identify a problem you don't know how to fix it is I was talking to Bungie about LFG via Xbox and they were trying to spruik their own LFG system and then there's the Destiny LFG.com right. system on top of that. Like, I think we're almost so spoiled for choice. Well, yeah, I mean, and, and there's a tremendous value to taking and putting in the platform. It's certainly great that games can individually do that, but you know, are you going to be playing Destiny every day? Maybe not. But let's <laughs> let's put that at the platform. That's the value of putting it at the platform level. So you can say, hey, I want to I want to find some people to play Gears of War with for this achievement. And it's the same UI, whether you're doing Gears, whether you're doing Destiny, whether you're doing, you know, Forza, whatever you're doing, it's the same UI, and it just works. I have noticed achievements seem to be a bit more competitive recently in the more uh, current update. We've always had the leaderboard who's leading 
normally Steve's well ahead of me with his massive gamer score. You must be close to 300,000. How do you do that? I was looking at that. Well, so I was a lot more addicted than in the past. And uh, surely you know about the, the cheat ones. Like you mm-hmm. get Avatar, the Burning Earth, and that was five minutes for We don't, we don't call them store. cheat, we call them easy. Easy, very easy. Cheap, very not easy. cheat. Well, I got, I got the... Um, do you have the, all the Avatar ones? You have all the oh, Avatar. yeah, of course. Okay. Yeah. Um, and, you know, like I... Things like Batman Arkham Asylum weren't easy to get the Thousand Gamer score in, but there was the 360 version and the 360 GOTY version, right. and then the PC version. Right. And so, like, I've done that a couple times, too. You found a loophole. I found a loophole. But the good thing is, I think, like, my my addiction is... is, is Under control? I, very much so. I got the little Facebook this time so many years ago notification. Uh-oh. And it was three years ago, and I just hit 200,000. Those are sobering. So it's only, you know, three years. I went I went from probably six years to get 2,000 gamers score, and now in the last three years, I've gotten 90,000 gamers score. Okay. So I'm, like, slowly becoming more of a human Whatever being. So really, in this bit, Steve, me, uh, I just talk about my achievements and my gamer score for far too long, uh, and I think... Somehow the world knew that was happening because my laptop decided to hibernate and we lost this bit of audio. But uh, thankfully, uh, it comes back when Larry's talking again and that's the kind of stuff you want to hear anyway. Xbox Live, we talked about the platformers. We're tracking so, so much of those data pieces. The cameras do. We want to share them back and go, exactly how, how am I doing? You know, we, we Have you seen the new um, Rare Achievement stuff we've done? Yeah. Which is great. Um, so people really like that as well. So yeah, we're trying to figure out how to, how to go back and... You know, Xbox Live has been really led the way early on, and we've we've done a lot of work there. Now we're going back and kind of revisiting and going, what can we do that's even better now? Now people get it. Yeah, where did where, uh, rare achievements come from? Because I know that's something people have been asking for, but only because you like to kind of know, get that little ego boost of I'm in the one percent who've actually finished this game on super hardcore. Right. So and what do you mean? Where did it come from? Well, where did the like it hasn't been there for the past ten years, and I know it's been applied to. Like 360 games, you can see that now. Why did that only just come about now? Uh, because we finally we, we looked at what we could do with this great ecosystem. With frankly, with achievements we developed starting in, um, in November of 2005. So we're now talking over six, uh, 15, you know, 11 years, almost 11 years, 10 years. Um, so we looked at we looked at that. And we're like, wait a minute, we've got all this really interesting data. What can we do with it? Let's pivot it. When you work with nerds, and we love pivoting data, throw it in Excel and figure it out. And, you know, uh, other platforms have this concept of rare achievements. We wanted to do something that was similar but more meaningful. And I guess there's there's things like Xbox Voice where people can, you know, request that. And Microsoft's always been pretty good about APIs, like things like true achievements. Yeah. Um, it's pretty easy to kind of see what's happening in that ecosystem that you were talking about But before. just that ecosystem, you have to opt into it. And I'm sure there's much more kind That's of in right. the background that you're collecting. Not like Big Brother style, but would be kind of cool to see even more come from it. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's a lot of interesting data that, that gamers... You know, what's, what's really interesting is what, what, achieve, what the great thing about achievements a lot of people don't think about is developers use them religiously. They can look at it and go, wait a minute, only 2% of the people got the achievement to finish the game? But 80% got it, the last achievement before that. So we're, why, why, did it, why is this 20%? Where, where's the drop-off? So they can look at their game design features and their game design uh, attack from, from using some of those data points. Certainly it's not absolute, but it's, it's more data than they've ever had before in the, in the history of gaming. Uh, have you played Sea of Thieves much? Uh, I have not played it beyond the E3 and, games, okay. and Gamescom. I'm trying to get people's stories from Sea of Thieves just because when I played it, we had an incident 
where we had our self-assigned captain who just decided okay. that he would be captain. Okay. And then someone accidentally walked off the ship. Uh-huh. Were they we, left behind? Well, we had to make a group decision. Are we going to get them back? And, and did someone you? decided we should. I voted for leave a man behind. Man, like, man overboard, he's overboard. That's go, the pirate way. We've got to go get this ship that's going to get our treasure. Like, right. we have a mission. Right. Unfortunately... And I feel like we're going to get a lot of stories like that. You're, you're absolutely. I mean, we, we I've played what we've played publicly so far in some of the private things, and there's, there. You know, if you get a right crew together, there's, and it's this happens with a lot of games when you get your right friends together. And this gets back to what we talked about with LFG, and 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 um, clubs. And when you find a group of people that you like to game with, you can have some really magical experience with like Sea of Thieves or or Borderlands or Halo. Those are those are the great moments in gaming. Really great moments in gaming. You're not the Sea of Thieves player who just drinks his beer and Maybe then stumbles the, around and falls off the ship. Maybe plays the accordion. Oh, I, I asked Rare, is there any benefit to drinking the drink? Like, is there a staff boost or something? Right. And they said, no, it's the same benefit for when you go to the pub and you have a drink. What right. do you expect to happen? Right. That's what's going to happen. And it was an obvious answer, wasn't it? It's sometimes the obvious <laughs> answers are the easiest ones that are right in front of you, exactly. right? Exactly, yeah. Nice. That's well, cool. it's 4.30 on a, a balmy Sunday afternoon, so that means Friday. it's like... Bedtime for yeah. Seattle. Uh, I'm, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm already sleeping. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, gl- I'm glad we entertained you. Uh, Larry, thank you so much for your time. My um, pleasure. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you for uh, your time today. We hope you enjoy Australia yeah. for your rest of your time here. I'll let you guys go, but thank you for having me on. It's always a pleasure to chat with you. And, uh, uh, rock on. I'll see you guys. I'll see you at E3 next year. Absolutely. Okay, rock on. Thank you.